Everybody, Jimmy Smith. On today's Unlocking the Cage podcast, we discuss Jake Paul and his desire to create a fighter union. Will it ever happen? Also, Nate Diaz, I'm not joking, urinating on the UFC. What is the end game for him after his latest social media stunt? So Jake Paul talking about fighter unions. Uh, he was on The Shop. I'm, I assume that's a, a, a podcast or YouTube channel of, that is of some renown to get Jake Paul. Um, so this is what he had to say about the use of his platform. Remember, he was on with Francis Ngannou, UFC heavyweight champion who has had a public dispute with the UFC over money and contracts and all that stuff. So this is Jake Paul talking about his platform and how he wants to use it. You know, this is the most dangerous sport in the world. And the UFC, you know, makes billions of dollars a year and they're only paying their fighters 15% of that. Um, you know, Ari Emanuel, the CEO of Endeavor, you know, his salary last year was more than the entire UFC roster. So these fighters are risking their lives for $10,000. There's no long-term health care. So for me, I just saw it as a problem. And I am one of the people who can use my platform to speak up about it because a lot of fighters in the UFC are scared to, to say something because Dana can just shelf them. Um, so I'm one of the very few people who doesn't need Dana necessarily. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying he's, I was, I'm not saying he's wrong. I want fighters to get paid more just like everybody else. Uh, I would love to see them have more autonomy. I would love to see them have more say over, when they fight and who they fight and how much they get paid to fight, much like the independent contractors that the UFC claims that they are. There is that. So is he the person to do that and make these statements? I want to use my platform to help fighters. Okay, I'm not saying you're not. It's also keeping your name in the headlines a lot. A lot. It's also doing a lot for his brand to be seen as that guy. Also, the idea that he wants to talk about helping fighters doesn't mean he can actually do anything. I want to keep all those things in mind. All things you have to keep in mind whenever Jake Paul talks about this stuff. So he talked about wanting to create a fighters union. This is his plan. My ultimate goal is to create a fighters union. It needs to be done. And it's, it seems impossible, and maybe it will be, but that's how. And people will say, Jake, like, how are you going to create a fighters union? Like, the, you know, they, they'll just shelf all the fighters in the fighters union. No, everyone comes together, and we're not fighting. All right, I'm, I'll call upon the 10 biggest boxers, 10 highest paid boxers, and 10 highest paid people from the UFC. Yo, why can't you donate $200,000 to the union? to help pay these fighters for these six months. Are you that selfish? Floyd Mayweather, Canelo, who makes 50 million for a fight. Canelo, why, you can't donate $200,000 to this union. I'll donate 500,000, I'll donate a million. Pay him I'll, pay. Donate, I'll donate a million, but I'm saying that the money that we put into the union can help pay the, the fighters who aren't getting paid as much in the interim. You just named off. A bunch of fighters, Floyd Mayweather, Canelo, that will not ever be part of a fighters union. There's no such a fighters union because boxing and MMA uh, are structured very, very differently. Boxers don't need this stuff. They don't. Boxers don't because boxers can take their talents wherever they want. And every time they take their talents somewhere else, they get paid more. 
So people are bidding for their services. That's how boxing works. MMA doesn't work that way. So what he really wants is a mixed martial artist or UFC fighters fighter union. That's what he really wants. So the funny thing is, oh, can Canelo donate? Can Floyd Mayweather donate? Those guys wouldn't necessarily want to be part of this. They don't need a fighters union. They're doing great. They are boxers. It's structurally very different. Can the UFC just shelve uh, members of the union? Look, if the union thing works or would work, you you can't exclude someone from being in a union. Also, uh, it would probably have some kind of provision where you couldn't be in the UFC without being part of the union. That's how unions work. So the problem is, in a, in a different way, fighters being willing to go to bat for one another. They have proven over and over and over again that they won't do that. That fighters left to their own devices will stomp on one another's throats to get where they need to be. And before this show, R.J. Clifford um, was talking about this whole setup. And he said, when fighters in the UFC could have anonymously filled out a card to start the union process. They were unable to do that, unwilling to do that. You can't make them unionize. You cannot force someone to be part of a union. You cannot force someone to start a union. This is up to the fighters themselves, and they've never been willing to do that, ever. So from the outside, which Jake Paul is an outsider, and when he says we or fighters like me, he's like, dude, you're not a mixed martial artist. You're not, you're not on the UFC's roster. You're not any of these things. There is obviously the idea that, that you're an outsider trying to um, create change in the UFC. I'm not saying that isn't noble. I'm not saying that isn't possible necessarily. It's just how are you how are you you going to be able to enforce this? How are you able to get this done? You're on the outside, dude. No one's gonna listen to Jake Paul necessarily. Hey, when we're going to dude, who's we? Fighters themselves, as we saw with Francis Ngannou, John Jones, uh, and John Jones wanted more money. And Derek Lewis said, I'll do it for X. I'll do it for less. The analogy I used earlier on in the show was Tom Green's bit about Undercutter's Pizza, where he followed around a pizza delivery guy and said, I'll sell the same pizza for less money. That's fighters, man. They all want the opportunity, and they will stomp on one another to get it. So this idea that, hey, let's all get together collectively and do something, and hey, I, I didn't get here collectively. And the difference within other sports, meaning uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, any unionized sport, uh, the difference there is Tom Brady can't throw the ball and catch the ball and protect himself and run the ball. Can't do all that stuff. So the idea of, well, they've done it in other team sports is, yeah, because it's a team. (laughs) Tom Brady will say, look, I can't win the Super Bowl without a decent kicker. 
So my kicker's unhappy. I'm unhappy. I need to get this guy's back because I can't win without this guy. There is no such attitude in combat sports. I get where I am by talking smack about the other guy. I get where I am by belittling the other guy. Nate Diaz, on his official Twitter, posted a picture of himself apparently urinating on the UFC PI. Still funny, isn't it, Kel? It's still, it's it's funny every time. It's so good. Like, yeah. I, I honestly, and I, it, nothing surprises me anymore. The first headline I saw this morning was like Nate Diaz pisses on UFC PI, and I was like, MMA headlines. Like, this is right. Normal. Yeah, like this is okay. Not even weird. Can you imagine if, weird. like, Tom Brady just peed on the on the NFL head off at headquarters? Like, how big of a story? Dude, we, see, we see it and we're like, yeah, it's about par for the course. Like, Yeah, we, I didn't even flinch. I was like, that's a very Nate thing to do. That's pretty very, on brand of the sport. Very and, on brand and, for and Nate. Nate. But let me read this. What was actually written in his official Twitter that he did this. Uh, taking a piss on the UFC PI. I could do this because I get paid more than all you guys and they won't cut me. If there's ever been an image that captures the absurdity of an MMA union, it's right there. F the UFC, but also F all you bums that don't get paid what I get paid. I'm better than you. You get what I'm saying? F the UFC, but it, it's not F the UFC. Let's all do something collectively. It's F the UFC and also F all you other fighters. Folks, that is MMA in a nutshell. Dustin Poirier, ju- uh, uh, 1029 AM from Lafayette, Louisiana tweeted a real man would have shit there i am reading a tweet from, yeah laugh it up kill just laugh it up a real man would have shit there i just read this from a professional fighter who is not 12 from an adult so are you mad too are you upset yeah f the ufc okay or is I don't. It's I insane, think it was right? more of like trying to get a one up on Nate. Him and Nate have been going back and forth on Twitter for weeks. Right. I think more. I mean, of course, Dustin Poirier wants to get paid more. That's besides the point. I think the tweet was more or less like, "Yeah, well, I could have done one better." Well, I could have done better. Two nine-year-olds on a playground, Kel. These are grown men who are professional athletes. I will say that his Twitter game is very, very, very good. Oh, God, but it's just so juvenile. You expect these people to make a union? You expect these people, yeah, thank you, to act collectively and make decisions like responsible grown-ups? No! Real man would have shit there. It's just, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's it's just how this sport works. It's based on this, I don't know, I don't know how to even describe it. It's based on a look at me one upsmanship that, you know, 
and also to, to point out historically speaking, nothing like this exists in boxing. There is no boxing fighters union. What happened was the Ali Act made restrictive contracts illegal. So boxers didn't suddenly get together and uh, didn't suddenly get together and, and, and unify and change things. It didn't work that way. They lobbied and legally boxing contracts can't work that way. That is what happened. So the idea that boxers, uh, no, fighters are going to come together and make a union, we've never seen anything like that in combat sports. There's no kickboxers union. There's no boxers union. There's no, I mean, any combat sport you want, there's no professional grapplers union. Nothing. So boxing went about it in a legal way. So I, I, I don't see any of this happening for a million different reasons. But let's get back to the original kind of core issue or argument. Do you believe Jake Paul when he makes these kind of statements? Do you believe Jake Paul isn't just kind of, it's, it's great. It's, it's free publicity. He can just go after the UFC over and over. He's on this, whatever it is, podcast or YouTube channel, whatever it is. And I think it's actually, I think, I think it's LeBron's show that he has on HBO. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Great. It's LeBron's great. LeBron's show on HBO, whatever it is. My point is he's on there talking about this stuff and getting a platform. And who's Jake Paul fighting next? Kobe. Uh, has not been announced yet. I have no idea, right? But he's able to another keep not himself, boxer, likely. Another not boxer, more than likely. But my point is, he's able to get attention. He's able to get uh, publicity. He's able to get all of these things by being kind of Dana White's nemesis, and that works well for him. But it also makes me think: Are, are you really trying to do anything, or is this just a publicity stunt for you? Where do you fall in that, Kelly Kel, about this whole Jake Paul? Do you, do you all like, ah, he's just doing this for publicity and press and can't really do anything? Or do you think he actually cares? That's a good question. I do think it's a mix of both. Any publicity is good publicity for Jake Paul as long as people are talking about him. And it seems like every time he brings up fighter pay in any capacity, people are talking about it. I mean, we are. You know what I mean? It's our job. Like, So I think he likes that people are talking about him. But do I think he really cares? Yeah, part part of me thinks that part of him does. Yes. Also, I really believe this. It lets him say we. It lets him say we. We fighters need to, and no one's going like, dude, no, not, not we, bro. You are not a mixed martial artist. You have never done this. I will, I don't, you know, do I call him a pro boxer? No, I do not. Because he hasn't beaten another pro boxer. I've been very public about that. As soon as he beats another pro boxer, I'll call him a pro boxer. But the way I look at it, too, it allows him to kind of be in the club without the without the difficulties of actually going through a camp and you know fighting in MMA. I've always said MMA is like skydiving. You have either jumped out of a plane with a parachute, nothing else, or you haven't. Well, I've done that room where there are fans underneath and you float like you're skydiving. That is not skydiving. If you turn that thing off, you fall six feet. You screw up skydiving, they scrape you off the ground. Okay? So, me fighting in MMA, you have either done it or you have not. There is no middle ground. There's no sparring. There's no, I've been through a camp. You have either had a door closed behind you 
knowing I have to fight for money once this bell rings or you haven't. And he hasn't. But he gets to be able to say us and we in a way that that I think works for his ego. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. This is one of those things that we in MMA are kind of used to. People like me that cover mixed martial arts, the UFC and all that stuff, for a living, will see a headline like this and go, oh, yeah, all right, cool. This is what we'll talk about on my show. This makes sense. Nate Diaz shares photo of himself allegedly urinating outside UFC Performance Institute. Quote, they won't cut me. Now, this picture shows Nate urinating outside what looks like the UFC Performance Center. I've been there. Uh, It looks kind of like it, although it could be pretty much any office building. Taking a piss on the UFC PI. I could do this because I get paid more than all you guys, and they won't cut me. So, not just taking a shot, obviously physically and verbally at the UFC, but also taking a shot at other fighters. I get paid more than all you bums. We've been talking about the UFC, I mean, the UFC and, and the idea that there could be a fighters union of some kind. And this is a perfect example of why there won't be a fighters union of any kind. Because Nate Diaz, in taking a shot at the UFC, isn't helping anybody outside the UFC. He's not helping anybody in the UFC. He's saying, I'm better than all you bums anyway. So it wasn't that we need to unify F the UFC. Let's, uh, you know, solidarity, brother, right? Workers of the world unite. None of that. It was, I am literally pissing on the UFC. I'm also verbally pissing on the other fighters. Dustin Poirier, of course, from his official Twitter, says a real man would have shit there. Ha ha. K- KOB, is it, what, is it just juvenile funny? What, what's the deal here? It's, Tell me what you're thinking as you laugh funny. your ass off in the studio. It is juvenile funny. I, like, dude, I love Dustin Poirier's Twitter. Like, I, I, I really hope he does everything by himself because I always enjoy it. Like, he just decided, like, oh, it's going to be that guy? Well. I'll, he likes to go at me sometimes. I'll do it. Yeah. A real man would have done this. Like, just to see if he can get a reaction at an eight. I, I think it's hilarious. It is. I mean, it. what can you say other than, well, it is what it is. You know, it's just, that's how the UFC does things. And that's how UFC fighters do things. Sure. Fine. All right. Great. How does this end? How does this end? What is the end game for Nate Diaz? He posted a, a, a picture of himself peeing on the UFC. Has he become Ron Livingston from Office Space? Just, hey, I want to get fired. I'm going to F around and see if they'll fire me. Um, where is he going to go? What's he going to do? Here are the three options. 
The three options are, number one, Nate Diaz fights someone at some point. It's easy to forget. It's my job as a, an analyst of MMA to talk about MMA fights. Talk about people who are actually going, to toe, going toe-to-toe and fighting. That is my literal job. I have had very little to say about Nate Diaz. Because Nate Diaz hasn't fought in forever. Hasn't fought in forever. Nothing on the horizon. There are always rumors. Or, oh, he might fight this person or that person. But he's not. He's not fighting anyone. When I look at it that way, it's very difficult to even say anything about Nate. Other than who he's peeing on or what he's talking about. And F this guy and this guy sucks and this guy sucks. And I don't know. That's just kind of his thing. But when I look at it that way, where it's my job to talk about fights, and this guy never actually fights, uh, it's, it's, it's absurd that he's still in the news. But that's option number one, is that he actually fights in the UFC against someone. That is number one. Number two is that the UFC cuts him, actually releases him from his contract. The third one is that Nate retires and says, it's not worth doing this anymore. I'm stuck in the UFC. I don't want to be stuck in the UFC. There's no way to go. I'm out of this sport. Now, for the purposes of what I'm talking about now, it's not just him saying he retires, but saying he's retiring and actually retiring. Actually staying away from the sport. Let's say, uh, KOB, what's a good time limit? from the sport that you'd believe he's retired, where he said, all right, because he's tweeted like, I'm done with this, I'm retiring, and then he's back tweeting in like a week. What would be his time limit where you would believe he's actually retired? I, I don't think I'm even kidding about this. How, how old is Nate? Uh, guy's got to be early 30s. I would think so too. Wait, let me look this up yeah. real quick. Nate Diaz. He is 37 years old. I'll believe wow, it. I'll believe it in ten years. That's that. That's how. If he says he's retired, I still wouldn't put it past Nate Diaz to come back at forty-eight and try to do something. Sure. Okay. T- ten years. That's a long time. But for the sake of this argument, let's say it's ten years. Let's say it actually is. Okay. This idea that uh, he walks away from the sport and stays away. That would be number three. So there are your options. Either he fights somebody at some point, uh, hopefully soon, or he is cut by the UFC for peeing on their lawn, (laughs) literally, or he retires. KOB, are there any outcomes here that I have missed other than, I don't know, screwing up and doing something and going to jail? Uh, I think you pretty much hit the Reservoir Dogs uh, explanation. Either right. they're in jail or they're not or they're dead or they're alive. You know, like that's right. I think you hit Either it all. he's dead or he's alive or the cops have him or they don't. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Mr. Blonde, you're my hero. I love you. So, yeah, I, I think those are the possible outcomes. So let me do my job and break down each one individually. Nate Diaz fighting someone at some point eventually. Here's the problem. He has one fight left on his deal. After that, he is free to walk away. He has a, a, a ton of value. He has a ton of 
ability to draw eyeballs. Let's put it that way. He is very good at that. Win or lose. So the UFC is in no hurry to give him a fight he can win. In fact, it behooves them to give him a fight that he doesn't win. That way, when he when he uh, leaves the UFC, he doesn't have as much value wherever he's going. Now, Nate kind of defies the, the, the gravity of mixed martial arts and combat sports, where he loses and no one really cares. So he's always done that. He's always been able to do that. There are very few fighters in combat sports history that remain popular despite all their losses. He's one of those guys. He loses and doesn't really care because he knows he's, he's still popular. But the UFC isn't uh, motivated to give him an easy fight. That's been the hang-up. We all saw that board in back of Dana White while he was a, a guest on a podcast that said Nate Diaz versus Kamzat Shemaev. KOB, you are more likely to fight Kamzat Shemaev than Nate Diaz. True. You are more likely to fight that guy. Like as much like other other MMA fighters, I'm willing to undercut whoever else. Like, oh wait, what are you making? Yeah, I'll take that, buddy, for a quick beating. <laughs> I will tap faster than you've ever seen in your life, and just take that ass. Whooping, Jimmy, right? the bell will ring, and I'll tap real quick. Like, I'm like, yeah. is this loud? Is this cool? Booyah! <laughs> I, I couldn't do this. Am I breaking any no, laws not, where I lose my purse? Because yes, yeah, yes, you are. You are. You can't. Do I have to take at least um, one punch before I do it? Yeah. All right, I could do that. Yeah. Easily. You have to make – there's an actual rule, by the way. People don't know this. In the, in the athletic commission, you have to give a reasonable accounting of yourself. You have to try to win the fight. Now, what that constitutes is, you know, obviously pretty vague, but it wouldn't take much. You take a couple punches and tap. So he will not fight Kamsat Shemaev. We have talked about on this show over the last several weeks – Pretty much everyone you can think of at 155 pounds and some at 170 for Nate Diaz to fight. The problem is Nate's not really motivated to say yes to anyone. The UFC is not motivated to give him an easy fight or a fight that he would actually take. They're at an impasse. I don't know how much Nate wants to fight. He can find something wrong, it seems, with everybody they put in front of him. Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, what, he can always bitch about the money. Um, so that's one of those things. So him fighting someone is, I don't know how likely it is, because it seems like he shoots down every, th there's some problem every time there's a name put in front of him. You have a question, KOB? Yeah, so here's my curiosity. And I don't know if you necessarily know this, because this is really delving into the UFC contracts. Yeah. If the UFC comes with him, comes to him and says, hey, we want you to fight uh, Hamza Chemaev. And he says no. And let's say they let a month or two go back down the line and they go, hey, we still want you to do this Chimaya fight. Even if he turned down that fight earlier, if they come back at him months later, are they still technically – does that like fit the legal definition of us, we offered you a fight and you won't take it? I believe so. Yeah, I believe it does. I've heard similar things. Because that becomes my Where question is that like if you're Nate. Wouldn't you? I know you necessarily don't want it, but like, if you really want out of your contract, like, and this is all they keep offering you, like, wouldn't you just take it just to get the hell out of the contract already? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's in Nate's head. I mean, that's the hardest thing, because you know Nate is, and I, you know, I, I say this a lot about MMA. Period. It's a juvenile place. It's a juvenile. It's just like it's it's run by twelve year olds, and 
all the reactions are the kind of reactions you get from a junior high kid. And Nate is probably the, 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 the number one offender. He literally peed on the UFC. He's 37 years old. Like, who does that? Nate, right? It's, 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 it's like a little kid. It's, it's just hard to figure out. And then, oh, you, you got tapped out by Charles Oliveira. You suck. It's like a nine-year-old. It's just, you know, I, I don't know where his head is or what exactly he's thinking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I get it too. Like, you'd want to fight where you have a more that more realistic opportunity to win, where you're not so completely outmatched in every way, as your last fight to keep your value going out. But at the same time, like if the UFC really isn't giving you much, I almost feel like you call their bluff and just take the fight, get out of the contract, and go see if you can go to Bellator or PFL or go box, do whatever it is you want to do, because it's like if you think you're just gonna play this waiting game with the UFC, like. Dude, your brother had a contract, too. He came back. is still under contract with the UFC. Retired for, what, seven years before he came out? Yeah. Like, he was still under contract perpetuity with the UFC, even after not fighting for seven years. So it's like, you're yeah. not going to win that waiting game. They'll, they'll keep it going for as long as they can. They're not motivated to give up. They're not paying you a freaking retainer. They're not costing them any money to, to keep you hanging. Because you know <laughs> that's I mean? why I asked about Shemaib. It's like, if, if we're just coming to you and saying... Hey, we want you to fight Shamayev. And you're like, no, I don't want that fight. Okay. Three months later, hey, we want you to fight Shamayev. No, I don't want that fight. They already said so. Hey, we offered him two fights this year, and he didn't say. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're not obligated to offer him a different fight, right? You know, as long as it's somebody kind of in your weight class. I know he's not a welterweight, but he's fought at welterweight. I'm sure there's some stipulation where they can't, you know, offer you Francis Ngano and you say no. And it, you know, it's got to be a reasonable fight. Well, offering you somebody, somebody twice is reasonable. So... Yeah, I don't see any way out of this. So the second option is they cut him. To me, this is the least likely scenario. Is you're too much of a headache, we're getting rid of you. I don't see that happening. Why? It is leaving money on the table for someone else. Someone else. Bellator let's just name names here, will make money off Nate Diaz if they cut him. Not only are they not going to leave money on the table, they're not going to give money to somebody else. That's the least likely scenario here. And I want your opinions about this. 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. What do you think about it? I'll take your calls after the break. But I want to know what you, what you think the most likely one is because I think him getting cut is the least likely. It costs the UFC money, meaning not only are they not making money now off, off uh, Nate Diaz, which is fine. That's not a big deal to them. It's the idea that somebody else, a competitor, will then make money off this person. That is unacceptable to the UFC. That is bad business. Dana White did not get where he is by making bad business moves. And that would be a very bad business move. He's not going to do that. Period. End of sentence. He's not going to do that. So he doesn't make any money cutting Nate Diaz. In fact, he gives Bellator money. And you don't get where you are by giving the competition money. The third scenario, which is Nate just retires. Nate just says, that's it. I'm out of here. That one, I believe. That one, I believe. The end of this waiting game is, all right, fine, I'm not going to do this. I can't get the fight I want. 
I can't get out of this contract. I'm making money doing other stuff. Don't need this. I'm out of here. To me right now, as I'm sitting here, that's the most likely scenario. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.